You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there, Flyers fans. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia, episode 217 of The Press Zone, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're, of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and as such, we are sponsored by DraftKings. A little shout-out to them. Uh, You'll be hearing from them with a special offer uh, later on in the show, but a thanks to them and a tip of the hat to to the gents at the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, We've got a great show in store for you today, so we are very glad that you are here with us. Uh, I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And joining me each and every week is none other than our president and founder here at Rocket Sports Media. He's also our editor-in-chief and just all-around terrific guy, and that is Mr. Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. That was tremendous uh, intro. Well, well, you know. It's the start of a new season, so so it'd be nice at the beginning, and then that's right. Once once the the fantasy defeats start adding up, then things kind of devolve from. Then there. you're lucky if you'll be lucky if I'm speaking to you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a podcast would work that way, but you know, we were matched up uh, in one of the leagues uh, this weekend. I don't want to talk about it. All right, and we are facing each other in a different league this. This, is that right? In one of the I Rocket, looked that in one of the Rocket Sports leagues, All right. uh, we are facing off against each other. So good luck. Yeah, you'll need it. <laughs> you'll need it. I didn't need any luck this past. You uh, shut up! <laughs> it's not my fault that stupid two tag Viola, whatever that. Uh-huh. I never can pronounce it. He's like the one name I can never pronounce. I can't help it if he carted off. Uh, he's my number two quarterback in a two quarterback league. So yeah, that. Got me one whopping point. It's really helpful. Mm. We have a great show for you today, though. Uh, you know, rookie camp just wrapping up. Um, so that is really uh, the focus of our first segment today. We're going to take you through rookie camp, talk about uh, how the the Flyers' young prospects did in both of their rookie games uh, versus the New York Rangers' prospects, uh, bringing you some audio from head coach Ian LaPerriere, as well as we're going to hear from uh, Morgan Frost, Tyson Forrester, Cam York. Uh, got some great audio clips uh, from their press conferences from this week. Uh, we're going to break all that down for you. And then, oh, let me 
tell you, in our second segment, we've got a great uh, second segment coming for you. Uh, our dear friend Patrick Williams joins us again for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. I'm sure you all saw uh, Zach Ronaldo back in uh, the hockey news again. Uh, this time it's because he's chosen... Uh, to not receive a vaccine for COVID-19. And as such, the Columbus Blue Jackets announced today that they have told him he is not welcome to uh, join the team at training camp and have uh, informed him that he instead will report to the Cleveland Monsters, their AHL club. So today's hot stove topic with Rick and myself and Patrick is going to be, uh, we're going to talk about that and and essentially more overall, just how AHL lineups could potentially be negatively affected again this season, uh, whether it's cases like this, uh, players choosing not to be vaccinated either at the NHL or the AHL level, and what that means for players, what it means for teams, what it means for development. Uh, also, the rumors swirling around that uh, there might be uh, some can kind of configuration of a taxi squad uh We'll get into that more in our second segment uh, when Patrick joins us. And we all know how much you love Kraft Mac and Cheese, right? Everybody. I mean, yeah. What kid doesn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about it? What 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 if uh, what if you what if there was an ice cream that was flavored like Kraft Mac and Cheese? Yeah, that just that's just a little <laughs> weird for me. Well, uh, a very fancy schmancy ice cream company uh, has partnered with Kraft. They have created such an abomination, and I managed to get my hands on a pint How of it. How did you do that? Uh, internet magic. All right. <laughs> managed to get a hands, my hands on a pint of it. It arrived in a dry ice shipping container via UPS. It's in my freezer, and I am going to taste test Kraft Mac and Cheese flavored ice cream live on this on the podcast today later in the show. Well, that'll be fun. It's what you came here for today, really. You <laughs> thought this was a hockey podcast, but no. This is a KD Stan account. Whatever. All right. So we're going to get right into things with uh, with the Flyers and Rookie Camp. Uh, things are wrapping up as training camp is getting set to kick off uh, this week. In fact, uh, Lane Vigneault met with media today to, to kind of get things rolling and so on. Uh, the rookie camp was a spirited affair as it usually is. Um, Flyers rookies looked pretty good in the first tilt against uh, the New York Rangers prospects. That game was held up in Tarrytown, New York, and the Flyers won that one six to three. Uh, you know, Tyson Forrester making his impact known, Morgan Frost getting in there, Lena Sandine with a couple of goals. Uh, both uh, Kirill Ustamenko and Samuel Urson both uh, split duties in net. Both of them looking pretty strong this year. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty good overall uh, overall look uh, at, in in that game. And then uh, things came back to Voorhees for a Sunday rematch. It didn't quite go as well. Um, the Flyers' prospects were up to nothing, but they blew that two-goal lead, and uh, the Rangers ended up coming back to win that one three to two. So a little bit of a struggle on the on the second half. Um, but overall, you know, really, Rick, we have to remember that these games aren't so much about the wins and losses as it is about. Uh, the, the opportunity for coaches and management to evaluate the young prospects and where they're at in their development. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a key, particularly for the rookie camp part of things. A lot of these guys, Rick, didn't 
maybe necessarily play a lot last season, depending on where they were supposed to play. If if they were a player who was supposed to play in the OHL, maybe they didn't play at all last year. Uh, some of them are recent draftees uh, who've never been through a situation like this before. So there's a, there's a whole lot of different variables when it comes to a rookie camp. For sure. Um, there's, there's the, the testing, the medical testing, the, the performance testing that's done. There's, uh, evaluation by the the coaching staff and and i think just as important is um is kind of the self-appraisal by prospects themselves Mm -hmm. to see how they measure up uh against other prospects in the organization in maybe um you know the kind of of uh rookie games that uh, are played at a bit quicker pace than they're they're used to in from their junior teams um so uh, i i think there's um and, and and of course there's all the off-ice things to be learned, nutrition, uh, things that they should be doing with respect to their strength uh, and conditioning uh, training. Um, So it's a a whole learning experience and evaluation experience uh, on all, from all perspectives. And as is traditionally the case, uh, the coaching staff for the AHL affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, are the ones who run the rookie camp. And so Ian LaPerriere and his crew uh, were on the ice. Uh, you know, LaPerriere, very excited to see how he does with the Phantoms this year. He is self, uh, he, he admits it himself, he is a development guy. He loves working with young players. Uh, and you could just tell that he was a bit invigorated by working with this group. Uh, in fact, in his in his last press conference uh, earlier this week, he said, you know, you know, I know when I get to Lehigh Valley, the roster is going to be different. There's going to be older guys and, and AHL veterans there and so forth. But man, I just had a lot of fun with this team this week. Um, and, and you like to hear that. You love you like to hear that the coach that's going to be in charge of your prospect development one step away from the NHL gets really fired up working with young guys Mm -hmm. and helping them better their game. One such player is Tyson Forster. Of course, he uh, was a phenomenal asset to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms last year. One of those getting to play in the AHL due to uh, CHL shutdowns. Uh, and uh, he he lit things up, uh, took to the pro game very easily last year. And uh, LaPerriere has been pretty impressed with what he has seen from Tyson Forster so far in this camp as well. Well, uh, well he can score goals. Everybody knows that, but it's the little things that I'm looking at. Like, you know, the, the way I've been asking those kids all week to reload inside the dots, and he does that, and you're stopping, stopping points, stopping at the net, stopping in the defensive zone there, and he does that. And he's a mature 19-year-old kid, that's for sure, you know, and uh, obviously he can shoot the puck like not too many guys can, but it's more the little things that we're looking at. And he's not perfect. Nobody was perfect this week. You know, a lot of those kids haven't played hockey in a long time. And uh, but uh, Tyson had a great week, you know, and his attitude's great. He's a great kid, and uh, I said that yesterday. I'll say it again. Sky the sky's the limit for that kid. You know, he's so talented, and he's going to help this franchise. Uh, maybe this year, maybe in the future. Who knows? Just 19 years old, um, but had quite an impact with uh, Lehigh Valley uh, last year. 17 points in 24 games. Um, and, and, uh, as Lappy said, where, 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 when is he going to make an impact? We don't uh, really know that yet. Uh, but he, uh, he has a, a huge, a, a really high ceiling 
and they look forward uh, to watching him um, make progress to to getting to that point. And what an endorsement by coach to say the sky's the limit with this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Flyers are very high on what Tyson Forster can do. I think uh, he's one who benefited from uh, being forced into playing at the AHL level last year. Uh, He certainly took what he learned and he ran with it, and he seems to be picking up right where he left off. So very exciting young prospect to keep an eye on. Uh, So when when you talk to Tyson Forster about – you know, how, how things went, here's what he had to say. Um, I think probably my skating, I feel more confident with it. I feel like I can, uh, beat the D wide now, um, use my size in the corners and battles and, and break through in the battles and in the corners and stuff and take it right to the net. So, uh, I feel, feel good there. Of course, the skating was the knock on him uh, going into the 2020 draft. Uh, the mechanics of his skating, not getting the power out of out, out of the thrust, and uh, he's he's taken to use the word strides uh, in that respect, <laughs> and and uh, has made improvements uh, last season and uh, and in the off season, and and is feeling uh, much more comfortable now. And even his reply. He doesn't sound like a 19-year-old kid playing junior anymore. That was a more mature and very focused response in terms of knowing what needed to be improved and him feeling confident that he has 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 done that and improved in an area that that needed attention. Uh, of course, uh, if you're if if you're not talking about Tyson Forrester, you're probably also talking about Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost has uh, I mean, what a what a Really unfortunate season for him last year. Uh, things things were just heating up for him. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the, Sean Couturier gets down with with an injury. Morgan Frost gets to to get into the lineup with the NHL and almost immediately done for the season uh, with with a dislocated shoulder. Um, and it was a really tough season for him. Uh, the year before that, he dealt with with things as well, and and so. Morgan Frost, every it seems every year it's it's okay. You know this this guy's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of skill, uh, and then something completely sidelines him. So first and foremost, fingers are crossed that Morgan Frost is going to stay healthy, um, and if he can, I really think that Morgan Frost has uh, has a significant shot at making the cut for the Flyers uh, this year. And here's what Ian LaPerriere has has noticed on Morgan Frost's play throughout this rookie camp. For me, he does. Like, you know, he was physical, and I just talked to him uh, before I came up here, and he felt great. He was a little bit tired. Like, I gave him quite a bit of ice time, which I wanted to test him, you know, like in different situations. But I'd like to see him, and uh, the management would like to see him too. And uh, I thought he, he looked great. You know, power plays get those hands out there and PK he played some PK in the last two days and such a smart player that he can adjust. And um, I'm just happy for him that he put the work, like I said earlier, like a couple of days ago, he looks bigger, he looks stronger. And even in his battles out there, he, he did. And uh, all credit to him. He went back home and put the work in and it's paying off right now. And he's just going to build, you know, like you said, he development camp, he looked good. This camp, he looked good. And now next step, it's the main camp. And, um, I'm sure he's going to look great. As we said, the camp is uh, the main uh, reason to have the camp is evaluation. And, and uh, Le Perrier said they wanted to test him, put him in different situations, put him on the power play, on the PK. Um, the, the, 
Morgan Frost, his calling card is is intelligence, hockey sense, being able to read plays, uh, and so he would very adaptable uh, and 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 showed well and and performed well in uh, in the, the training camp so far. Absolutely, and uh, you know it's. Uh he was answering a question. I believe it was Adam Kimmelman uh, who had who had posed the question to him: "Is is Morgan Frost showing you that he's NHL ready?" And that and that's what you heard Laperrier remarking off the top. You know, from yeah, from what I see, yes, and that management wants to see him in those kinds of positions as well. So that means that the Flyers are seriously looking at Morgan Frost and seeing if they're able to slot him in the NHL lineup uh, come the start of the season. Uh, and of course, uh, Morgan Frost had an opportunity to to talk about how he feels his his progress has come as well. In the last three years, has been huge for me, and uh, you know, obviously, not playing last year was tough, but I feel re-energized and I feel stronger. And um, you know, I'm a little older now, I feel more confident, and um, yeah, I think everything's kind of coming together for me. So I think uh, confidence is huge for everyone, and um, you know, I was up and down a little at the start when I came here, and then. Um, you know, I was excited to you know get a chance to play last year, and then obviously the injury happened. But um, you know, I feel good again, and it's nice to go through a camp like this. And you know, for me especially, finally get to play some games and um, you know get through them, get through battles, and uh, you know, no issues with my body. So um, I'm pretty happy. He's sounding like a much more mature uh, Morgan <laughs> Frost. He's sounding like a confident um, Morgan Frost, and and that's uh, only good news for uh, himself and for the Philadelphia Flyers. I think um, confidence, uh, the confidence level or lack of confidence uh, for young prospects is a is a very underrated um, attribute. Uh, in terms of young mm-hmm. prospect development, it's not something that's talked about enough because it's an intangible, right? It's it's not something you can measure in stats or analytics uh, when you're evaluating a player's performance on the ice. But the amount of confidence that young players just learn, just trying to to become a professional hockey player, uh, go through. Um, whether they have good confidence or they're not feeling confident, can completely make or break their game. Um, and it's good to hear that, that Morgan is recognizing uh, that maybe his confidence was not always consistent early on when he was going back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, um, but that now he is recognizing things like that and, and feels confident now. And I think that's a, that's a great sign for him heading into the training, into main training camp. For sure. Cam York, uh, of course, all eyes on the on the back end are, are taking a, a good look at Cam York. Uh, finally got to uh, make his pro debut last season uh, with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, and the hope is that perhaps you know he is you know he's he's got a lot of folks have high hopes on what he can do for the Flyers blue line at some point, um, and and Cam York, of course, still has has some parts of his game that he's working on. Uh, but it sounds from, from this clip that he's uh, feeling pretty good about how things are going for him uh, this summer and in this training camp. Yeah, definitely. Like it gives you a little bit more confidence and you know what the NHL level is like. So you can kind of compare the, the differences and um, you know, I, I felt comfortable out there and um, you know, the NHL level, it, it just gives you a, a bit more confidence in a situation like this. I think just be, Sounds weird, but be dirty. Like, um, you know, don't let guys off the hook. Be as physical as I can, um, stuff like that. You know, guys 
at the next level are really tough and, and hard to defend against. So I think just being as gritty as I, as I possibly can. That's uh, interesting uh, mm-hmm. f- from Cam York. And, and we talked about self-appraisal. He's obviously done that and measuring himself and where he fits uh, and and uh, has figured out what he needs to do if he wants to play at the NHL level. Um, don't make it easy for guys. Make it tough to be out there. I'm, the, his he, he wants to be the kind of defenseman that uh, is going to be hard to play against. And... Uh, He's figured that out at a very young age. I was uh, impressed with what I saw from Cam York when he when he came to the Phantoms uh, last season after his NCAA season wrapped up. Uh, I'm I'm very anxious to see what he does in training camp. Uh, if if that is the 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 mindset that he's got that he wants to be a, a, a gritty kind of sandpapery defenseman that's really tough to play against, uh, he could certainly carve out a spot for himself. Uh, and I'm and I'm anxious to see what he's going to do in training camp. Uh, two other uh, guys that Laperriere uh, was happy to talk about. First up, uh, Tanner Lazinski is, is a name that we've become more familiar with over the past year or so. Uh, you know, Lazinski, again, uh, shows some, some, some really good promise, uh, just a little rough around the edges in some areas of his game, but is somebody that LaPerriere, according to him, uh, has been very noticeable in, in this camp. I like him. He's been through a lot. Like, you know, he's had uh, surgeries uh, last year and it was a tough summer for him just to recover from his surgeries, but he looked great. He looked strong and uh, good sticks. And I, lo- I love what he was, the way he was on the bench. You know, we had a bunch of young kids there, 18 year old, like uh, J.R. Avon, Avon, whatever you said, I shouldn't, you know, sounds French, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, he calmed everybody down and you need a guy like that. And I really like his demeanor on the ice and on the bench too. And um, can't say enough good things about him. Uh, 24-year-old uh, brings a uh, kind of a veteran presence to to the bench there uh, during camp, mm-hmm. um, and and let's hope he'll have a full season yeah. uh, this year to uh, make his presence known. Absolutely, his season was uh, was ended pretty abruptly right at the beginning of the season last year for the Phantoms, and so uh, let's see if he can stay healthy. And uh, if there's one thing that Laperriere respects, is it's uh, guys who who take that leadership on their shoulders and, and for, for Lappy to say that he really likes his demeanor on the bench and how he acts with the young prospects. That's a, that's a good vote of confidence from the coach. So not good on, good on Tanner Lazinski. Uh, one name that, of course, everyone was watching was uh, 2021 second-round uh, draft pick uh, Samu Tuamala. And, uh, you know, Samu Tuamala certainly showed off his skill at the World Junior Summer Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan, playing for Team Finland over the summer. Uh, and when he came to development camp for the Flyers uh, just a few weeks ago, of course, also uh, noticeable with his skill and also noticeable in that he uh, firmly announced to the media that he uh, does not uh, that he doesn't want to go play in 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 junior hockey. He wants to play for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He wants, you know, he he feels that he's uh, ready to play in the AHL. Now, whether or not uh, that's the right course for him or not, uh, coming over from from Europe, uh, probably could could stand to use a year of of seasoning in in uh, in the CHL to just adjust to the style of game in North America, adjust to the s- smaller ice, um, but. 
there's no denying the skill is there and that that he's going to be an exciting prospect to watch. Uh, LaPerriere had some great things to say about him. It's a different game in Finland. They have the huge ice. You know, it's a big adjustment for those guys. I've never. It's everything. All the reads you have defensively, offensively, it's different. But skill-wise, it's there. Like the way he shoots the puck, you ask our goalies, and which we did last week. You know, who do you have the hardest to to pick up that shot? And they all said the same thing. It's him, yeah, Samu. Like the way he shoots the puck. I don't know. I've never played goalie, but the way he shoots the puck, he hides that puck, and it's. A, you know, it's tough to, to catch, I guess, but uh, it's more the adjustment with the big ice and it's it's a physical, it's a little bit more physical on this side of the pond. But today I, I thought it was great, like physically, like he, you know, he was involved. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't afraid. He, he was staying in the battle. And that's what we ask our guys, ask our guys before camp when we do play those uh, scrimmages. I want those guys to um, not back down. I don't want any fights. Fights not really part of the game anymore, but um you know, I want them to hold your ground and stay there. Don't get pushed and push back or do, don't push back, but stay, hold your ground. And I thought he did that today. Yeah, he's he's got a, a potent wrist shot and mm-hmm. and uh, with a deceptive release and he's able to he, he releases it uh, off off either foot um, in in a deceptive way. It's it's uh, it's going to be something that goaltenders are going to have trouble with. And I, I, I like that, you know, it's not that a lot of coaches don't do this already, but I, you know, I like that even at the rookie camp level, the coach is asking his two young goaltending prospects, you know, okay, whose who's shot is hard for you to stop? Um, interesting that Tuamala is the one that, that, they, that they pinpointed. Um, I think that, uh, I, th- I think even though Samu Tumala wants to play in the AHL, I think it's likely that we'll find him in junior hockey this year. But I think uh, I th- I think he's going to be quite something to watch. I- I'm not sure that uh, that the uh, the CHL is is uh, going to be the same. Uh, he's he's going to make an impact, that's for sure. And I think he's going to be something special for the Flyers very soon coming down the road. So the one name that we haven't talked about, which everyone is probably thinking, what about Wade Allison? Come on. Um, let me tell you, Wade Allison has been the talk of camp. Wade Allison was ta- was the talk of development camp. Wade Allison was the talk of the Phantoms last season. Wade Allison was the talk of Flyers uh, fans last season when he got his call up. Um, Wade Allison is a Flyer. Wade Allison has a bright future in this organization. Um, you know, he was he's an obvious talent in camp. Uh, his sense of humor. He's already uh, up for comedian of the year with the uh, with the team. Uh, took it upon himself to, after his uh, um, you know media availability the other day at the at the skate zone, he took a seat in in the reporters' chairs while Morgan Frost came in and didn't just observe. He raised his hand. He asked a question, and Morgan <laughs> asked Morgan a question about you know bulking up a little bit. I mean, it's apparently he's uh, he's already working on his post career post-hockey career in in media um that first fight uh, excuse me the first game of of the rookies this weekend um cooper zek took a nasty hit uh wade allison was having none of it uh and stepped right in and dropped the gloves with matt rempe uh really nasty fight made it's made the rounds on on social media for sure it was uh, throwing some haymakers out there it was not a a, a light dust up 
and then, unfortunately, in the next day's game, uh, he, Wade Allison was the one who found himself uh, going in awkwardly along the boards, uh, had to be assisted off the ice, and uh, it's been announced today that he is out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Rick, this is... Um, Talk about going from uh, the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. This is a really unfortunate way for Wade Allison to start the season. It's really tough, especially as as you said, he had such a a, a promising entry into his uh, pro career. Um, mm-hmm. Nine points in ten games uh, in the AHL level with uh, Lehigh Valley. Seven points in fourteen games with the Flyers. Um, uh, that, that all last year, he was, he was looking to build on that, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, this season and, and that's going to be delayed. It is. Uh, and, uh, when asked about it, uh, coach LaPerriere, uh, was, was quick to talk about how it's, it's, it's a really tough part of the business of hockey. Well, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's going to take it hard. I mean, no matter what, if it's, uh, a week or two weeks or a month or two months, you know, you'd put all that work in, in the summer. You, he came in, he looked great all week. He looked great yesterday. He played the way he should be playing in a rookie game. You know, he only knows one way to play. And uh, again, I really feel bad for him. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's part of the game. Injuries are part of the game, especially when you play that side of hockey. And, and again, I don't know what the injury is and hopefully he's, uh, it's going to be a quick one. He played his style, played physical, and it's probably why he got hurt. But again, uh, I really do feel for a kid like that. You can you can hear the empathy yeah. uh, in in his voice. Uh, he understands what it's like. Um, he understands, uh, you know. Here he was. He's playing his style. He's playing well. He's putting himself out there, and uh, unfortunately, that uh, that risk exposed him to injury. So, uh, Wade Allison, uh, that comment from LaPerriere was uh, yesterday. It has now been announced that it is a right ankle sprain. Uh, Wade Allison will be out indefinitely. That's not encouraging news. Um, the fight that he got in the day before that was in defense of Cooper Zeck, uh, who, who took a hard hit. Cooper Zeck will be out with an upper body injury for six to eight weeks, uh, which is which is. A rough start for that young prospect as well. Zade Wisdom, as we know, still recovering from his shoulder surgery, so he's out indefinitely. It's not expected that Zade Wisdom will be ready to play until December, possibly January. And even at that, we're not yet sure if he will go back to the CHL or if he will uh, return to to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, But Rick, on top of that, two other big uh, injury updates – Kevin Hayes out for six to eight weeks uh, is having abdominal surgery today. Um, not sure yet if this is related to the abdominal surgery he had, uh, I believe, sports hernia surgery that he had uh, earlier in the year. Um, but apparently what I could see on Flyers uh, media um, Twitter was uh, apparently something didn't feel right with his groin uh, yesterday coming off the ice. And so he immediately had someone take a look at it and uh, it was in for surgery today. So um, it's a, it's a really tough, I mean, Kevin Hayes just went through a a devastating loss of his brother. um, And 
it's been encouraging to see him show up at the rink with a great big smile on his face because being with the boys and, and playing hockey is at least something that brings him joy and can take his mind off of off of his grief. Uh, now sidelined six to eight weeks uh, recovering from this surgery. And, and uh, Vigneault said today that, that he got a text from Kevin Hayes saying, uh, you know, we got this early and I just, I want to be in the locker room. I want to be around the guys. Um, you know, I, I'm here and I'm getting back as fast as I can. Um, the other thing, Rick, uh, Sam Moran, um, mm. poor Sam Moran, I, like this, this kid, I, if, if, if someone could gift him one healthy season, uh, I think he would take it in an instant, uh, announced today that he had uh, surgery on his right knee to have quote, loose bodies removed. Uh, that surgery, uh, took place on September 10th. He'll be out six to eight weeks. So, um, not too long, not too bad, not the season-ending kinds of surgeries that Moran has experienced a couple of times in the last few years, but certainly after having an encouraging ending of his season last year where he was finally starting to get into a rhythm, Rick, this is not the way Sam Moran, I'm sure, wanted to uh, necessarily start the year uh, back sidelined rehabbing again. No, it's 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 really tough. Um, you know, the 2016-17 season, he played 74 games, and since then, in four seasons, uh, in the neighborhood of 50 games, uh, it's it's been one thing after another, and and uh, this setback is is got to be tough for him. Although he he knows what to expect, he knows how to deal with it, and and we've heard that from him before uh, that he knows how to to uh, to deal with with injuries. Absolutely. So we wish uh, we wish all of the guys who are currently on uh, now injury uh, reserve, I guess, and, and rehabbing. We wish them all a speedy recovery. Uh, it's going to make things a little different uh, come training camp now this week. Um, we talked about how Morgan Frost already had a shot uh, to make the roster well. With Wade Allison uh, out and Kevin Hayes out, uh, Morgan Frost may find himself with a bigger role than he expected to play. So uh, I think he's going to understand that that's a big responsibility for him uh, to carry. And uh, there's there's going to be uh, some openings available at least to start the season because of because of these injuries. But uh, the Flyers are are. are decent on depth right now so it'll be i think it'll be fascinating to see what the opening night roster looks like speaking of opening night um before we wrap things up i just have to say rick uh, the flyers announced their their giveaways for the season okay. this week and i'm sorry but they're just fantastic <laughs> <laughs> what do i have to pay to get um a set of Ivan Provorov nesting dolls. That sounds fantastic. It really does. That is genius. Uh-huh. I need one. I need a set. Badly. Uh, the uh, In January, there's the uh, various Johns, which I can't wait to see what they're going to come up with for that. Uh, you know, the, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the... Um, the AAA affiliate of the Phillies, they have a they have a Lehigh Valley Johns night like at least once a season, and they have jersey that say Johns. And they have it's fantastic. I love the embracing of John in in Philadelphia. I cannot wait to see what exactly the various Johns are going to be. Um, gritty uh, gritty fanny pack. Okay. I think we all need a gritty fanny pack. Sure. 
Uh, who else? You know, so you can't have a Voracek Chia Pet anymore because Voracek's no longer with the team. Who else to take his place in Chia Pet land than Ryan Ellis? <laughs> that's hilarious. That is going to be one. That's going to be quite a Chia Pet. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to grow it for a while, I think. Were there any on the list that, that caught your eye? Well, the, yeah, the, the Provorov nesting dolls, the, the Flyers Beerstein uh, sounds like it oh, could nice. be pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Flyers yeah. are doing and And, you know, I liked how they rolled out um, the giveaways. They, um, yeah, they made like a whole big thing of it. Cam Atkinson did a little video. Um, and, and uh, well, he also did a video about the, the goal song as well. Um, yeah, he's like in every video now. He is, and he and Gritty are best friends. Like I think Cam Atkinson is, I think, fully on board with like, why was I not a Philadelphia Flyer my whole life? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think he, I think fans are gonna like Cam Atkinson a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, The season's right around the corner, uh, but uh, we got to get through training camp first. Uh, So we will be sure to keep you apprised. What we're gonna do right now is take a quick break. On the other side, Patrick Williams joins us to talk about oh some some potentially dicey situations for AHL lineups coming up uh, this season, and then you know you want to know what it's going to be like when I taste Kraft mac and cheese flavored ice cream right here on the show. So you got to stick around to find out about that. Don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Week two of football, it's in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Now, listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 3 game to get $150 in free bets instantly. Now, if Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget to follow uh, on Twitter at the AHL Report. And of course, you want to follow the podcast as well at the Press Zone. And uh, that way you 
will not miss anything, especially now that training camps are getting underway. It means the season is coming up, so we'll have game recaps. We'll have player profiles. We'll have feature articles. Will you name it? Press releases. You don't want to miss any of it, so be sure you're following at the AHL Report and at the Press Zone. Uh, and another one that you'll want to follow is at P. Williams AHL. That is the one and only Patrick Williams, our friend and colleague. Uh, he is back with Rick and I today for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Patrick, welcome. Uh, thanks. Nice to be back. Uh, season's fast approaching here. For sure. <laughs> it definitely is. And, uh, you know, it seems like every time that uh, the three of us get together for, for this segment, we keep saying, um, things aren't looking as normal as we thought they were going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of continuing. Um, you know, the last time that we met with you, we talked about the, the viability of the AHL season ahead. And this is this week's topic also almost out of necessity has kind of become a continuation or a shoot off of that in that we're looking at how AHL lineups um, might not necessarily operate uh, in a quote unquote normal fashion this year for a couple of reasons. And we're going to, I think the, 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 thing that we're going to start with is the thing that's really been making the big splash across social media today. And that's, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets coming out with the announcement that uh, due to his decision to not receive a COVID-19 vaccination, uh, Zach Ronaldo has been told he is not welcome at Blue Jackets training camp and that he is re- he is to report to the Cleveland Monsters in the AHL, um, causing uh, opinions, of course, uh, on social media aside of whether or not people should be vaccinated or not. Um, this is going... We're going to see this happen, uh, and it's talk about causing a kerfuffle right off the top. We've seen this happen for coaches, uh, even Columbus's uh, assistant coach, Sylvain Lefebvre, had to walk away from his job because he made the same decision. But it's a little different now when you're telling a player, okay, you're not welcome at training camp, and we're going to let you be the AHL team's problem to deal with. So, Patrick, what's your what's your first thoughts on on just this kind of scenario and and what you even do with this? Well, with the uh, very important, uh, I guess, uh, prerequisite that everybody, um, you know, has their choice to make uh, with regard to the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. um, That being said, um, as a player, um, anything you can do, I think, to give yourself the best opportunity to make the club, the NHL club, or at least to put yourself in a good spot on the, on the overall depth chart um, is obviously every player's objective. And, and, and now with something like this, um, rightly or wrongly, um, that puts Zach Ronaldo at a disadvantage. Um, from a simple logistics standpoint, uh, when you're trying to, you know, if, if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets and you play road games in 31 cities in two different or two countries, um, there's a lot of logistical hurdles, uh, you know, moving players around. Uh, and now if you have an unvaccinated player, it's just one more um, hurdle that you have to deal with as a team. And sure, perhaps if it's Patrick Liney or someone of that caliber, um, that might be a different discussion, rightly or wrongly, again. But um, someone like Zach Ronaldo just doesn't have that kind of stature. 
and um, you know if, if you're let's say inconvenience to the team kind of outweighs what your uh, perceived value might be and I think you're going to find yourself in a really difficult spot as a player and um, you know it's like anything else if, if they can find somebody else who can fill that role and uh, can do it with maybe less logistical issues or, or fewer logistical issues then um, they probably will choose that uh, path and, and so a guy like Ronaldo is at a disadvantage right off the bat and now we see him in Cleveland and um, like you said now it's uh, Cleveland's problem to handle and you know if you're head coach Mike Eves out in Cleveland um, you probably had to be already thinking to yourself it's the first day of training camp and we're already dealing with a major headache so um, I'm sure he's not feeling too great right now but uh, um We'll see where this goes, but this is going to be a really interesting um, kind of uh, dynamic to watch. There, you know, apparently there's some other players around the league um, in similar situations, uh, and we'll, we'll just we'll see how much maybe the players' association gets involved, um, and to what extent, and uh, how how much they're willing to go on a limb for players um, in this case. But uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting issue in the next couple of weeks as, as more of this uh, comes to light. And I think uh, I think you're right. The NHLPA has been pretty quiet on this, other than than being involved in preparing the the NHL protocols. But of course, we don't know what the AHL protocols are going to be uh, just yet. But but it's obviously something um, going to be something similar to what the NHL has because now, as you said, uh, the AHL team has has uh, has the problem that was divested by the NHL. Uh, Ronaldo, what is his value? Well, last year, uh, just four games played, and uh, the stat line was a, a one five-minute major. And um, so, so this this maybe is an easier it is a headache, uh, but the 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 real test is going to come when, uh, as we talked about before the show, when a. a a player with with more value to their NHL team uh, decides uh, that uh, in their mind they've weighed the risks and they've chosen not to and and you know again we we've said this on other shows uh, uh, there there are political uh, people getting political camps and very strong one side or the other and call people names one side or the other. That's not what we're here to do. Um, there are legitimate reasons. There are religious exceptions. There are uh, folks who do follow the science, and uh, particularly with you know the, the 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 teenage players and and the the research that's come out about uh, heart issues and the risks uh, related to the vaccine they are making the decision that's best for them and and uh, you know that's that's there is an exception in in the the NHL rules for that but as you said it makes it really tough on the player um, and and in the Montreal Canadiens uh, one of their their uh, prime prospects, Jesse Yelonen, played uh, a couple of games uh, in the NHL last year. Uh, is there a spot for him uh, right away to make the roster this this uh, for the opening night? Probably not, but, um, you know, if he had a good camp, uh, if there are injuries, uh, he, he would be uh, kind of the first call-up. But his decision not to get uh, vaccinated now is going to factor into all of that as well. 
Well, and, and, you know, you hate to say it, but it also, because social media can be uh, such a fun place to be, <laughs> um, and everyone does have an opinion, it's, a, I think, another unfortunate consequence for players who do choose this route is they're immediately going to get hounded by fans uh, across social media and, and in their fan bases um, for for being criticized and 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 will that criticism then flow over to people's opinions of the players on ice product and so forth and so there's there's as 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 you both said you know it's it puts the player in a in a difficult position which means it's probably not an easy decision for the players to make um the other factor in it, particularly, you know, NHL aside, but for the AHL as well, um, you know, Patrick, you're talking a bit about uh, that it becomes a little bit of a logistical nightmare. Well, let, maybe maybe let's talk a little bit about exactly really what that means logistically. It's not so much as, oh, well, um, someone's unvaccinated, so we have to take extra precautions regarding regarding masking and social distancing and whatnot, but it really comes down to um, how many games you're able to play on the road, right? Absolutely. Uh, Pretty much every team, uh, NHL or AHL, um, at one point or another has to cross the border in a season. And right now the border restrictions are extremely difficult. Um, I've heard from different people that, uh, you know, there's a 72 hour window for for having a test that you present at the border. Well, if it's 72 hours and five minutes, that test is not accepted. Uh, So that's just one example of, of the level of difficulty now and trying to move people back and forth across the border. And you can imagine, you know, if it's that difficult, maybe for one or two people going over it now, imagine you're bringing a, a party of 25 players and, uh, you know, three or four coaches and a few more support staff. And um, you're trying to bring them on a bus or a plane over the border. You, you can imagine where that level of um, headache can go really fast. And you think of like the team services people that have to um, keep all that organized. And, uh, you know, it's difficult enough to move people back and forth over the border at times, even before the pandemic. And, you know, I've, I've heard different stories through the years of, uh, you know, teams kind of getting a hard time at the border and uh, players getting a hard time. Um, maybe your visa is not, you know, 100% uh, up to date or, or what have you. So there's just always something that can go wrong. And now that you have added this, and then on top of that, if you had a player that's not vaccinated, now obviously it depends on... Um, state of his citizenship is he canadian is he american is he somewhere in europe uh, whatever the case may be um, but each situation is going to be a little bit different uh, depending on where you're going and, and what your citizenship is so um it, it's a real headache i know for a lot of teams already even uh, before really the season has started uh, getting people over borders and um, following all the protocols to TV because, I mean, both governments, uh, U.S. and Canada, are, are very serious about this in terms of uh, um, what you can and cannot do uh, crossing the border. And remember, the border only kind of softened up uh, in, in early August, so we're still fairly early um in this whole new um, border crossing world that we live in now. And, um, you know, I, I don't imagine that um, a player being unvaccinated is, 
you know, if you're a team services uh, ma- manager or what have you, I'm sure you're, you're just um, maybe taking a little bit more, um, you know, Advil today uh, for the headache <laughs> that you have to deal, deal with because it's going to be a, um, it's going to be kind of a nightmare, I think, for some teams, depending on um, how many players uh, choose not to get vaccinated. And just to add a quick point there, that softening of the border uh, only applies really in one direction because the U.S. announced they were extending their border restrictions to October 21st. Yeah. And so and and we were even talking before the show, you know, let's take Jesse Alonen, for example, Um at, at this point in time, unless things change, uh, logistically, I don't even believe if that he would be able to even travel to any game south of the border because with Canadian regulations to get back into the country, if you are not a citizen of Canada and you are not vaccinated, you can't re-enter the, you can't enter the country um, without doing a like a ten day quarantine, which he just got done doing at the start of of rookie camp. So that. Then, you know, when we talk about prospects and development, which is what the AHL is there for, it's a development league to get these players ready to play in the NHL. Um, you know, Rick, talk a little bit about what that does in in stunting, particularly young young prospects who are who are kind of on the rise and just getting started. What that potentially could do uh, in terms of of roadblocks in their development. For sure, and and uh, coaches like to. Uh, build chemistry at, at whatever level. And even though they know it's a development league, you, you see um, uh, coaches liking to build chemistry in their lineup. And, and uh, if that's interrupted, if Jesse Alonen is going to be, um, you know, obviously a top six player uh, at, you know, for the Laval Rocket, um, but he can't play any of the games south of the border. Uh, well, what happens when, um, you know, they go down for a, a, a bit of a road stand and, and there's chemistry amongst the other players and does he get bumped around or, or is, does he lose his connection with, with, uh, other players? Of course, it's going to, uh, it's going to affect his play. It's going to affect his development. It's going to affect the way, uh, maybe he's treated by the, the coaches or the way uh, the management looks at him, certainly in terms of a, of a recall sometime during the year. I think that's a great point and how the management might look at you. I mean, rightly or wrongly, uh, I think some managed uh, front office types will certainly look at a player um, like Yelonen or like a Ronaldo and ask themselves, you know, yeah, you know, Maybe I don't need this player. Maybe I can uh, move that player along somewhere else because it's really just not worth it. And like you said, uh, you know, like a guy like Yelonen, uh, you know, if he, he's only available in the lineup uh, on a part-time basis, yeah, I mean, you, th- this stage in his career and his development, uh, you, you can see where that's an issue. I mean, I think back to uh, uh, Evgeny Svechnikov in, in Grand Rapids a couple years ago, and he, he missed an entire season. Uh, he blew out his knee, um, major surgery, um, and really set back his development. He ultimately ended up uh, uh, having you know, to move on this offseason and sign, sign uh, an AHL deal with Manitoba. And um, really once promising prospect, first-round pick, and, uh, you know, he missed a year, and it really just kind of threw his whole development curve off. And uh, now now you're looking at a player like Yulon, and, and 
he may find himself in a similar situation, except it's not a knee injury. This is a, um, you know, a situation, you know, very different from uh, a traditional um, reason that would keep you out of a lineup. But uh, um, regardless, I mean, you know, there's a lot of hungry players in Laval and, and, and Trois Revere and uh, guys that will be more than happy to step in and take that spot uh, from him. If he's not available to play in the lineup, uh, they'll step forward and, you uh, um, may push him out of a job. And so, you know, you're a young player and um, if you're not playing, you're not developing. And uh, so I think a player like him is in definitely in a precarious situation now um, trying to figure, you know, the team trying to figure out uh, how, how do you manage this? And we said this so many times in the past, there's no playbook for, for a lot of this. Well, there's certainly no playbook now to handle a player who can't um, cross the border uh, and play games in both countries. Uh, so it's going to be uh, kind of a real headache, I think, uh, for the the Habs, for the Laval Rockets, and um, you know, depending on how much, how many more players around the hockey world fit into this category, I mean, it's something you might see a lot of GMs having to deal with. Well, and that's the thing we've 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 already seen a lot of reports from NHL teams and general managers coming out, you know, in advance of rookie camps and training camps, saying, "Oh, you know, it's looking like a will be 100% vaccine compliant." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Flyers have have said that that they're uh, that by the start of the regular season, that 100% of the NHL roster will will be vaccinated and so forth. I think that's the next uh, page in the in the chapter is that now focus was going to shift to those AHL teams across the American League now and how many you know how many of those teams are really going to be able to say we've got we're at 100% compliance and I think this is going to be uh, more of an issue for the AHL than perhaps uh, than we originally thought it would be for the NHL um, as if that wasn't enough to contend with Rick, you mentioned uh, that uh, I believe over the weekend uh, that Frank Saravelli came out with a report that there's rumblings, nothing confirmed yet, nothing official out there, but there's rumblings amongst the G- some of the GMs that perhaps because of the volatility of COVID and because of um, how difficult things could be if there's an injury or if, if someone gets sick, that there's... Some are playing and toying with the idea of a taxi squad at the NHL level again, but just for goaltenders. I think the 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 general managers generally liked uh, weren't weren't too fond of of the taxi squad, but generally liked having um, uh, an extra goaltender. And rather than moving to um, you know expanding rosters and adding another uh, goaltending slot this would be the way of of dealing with that situation it was Frank Saravelli from um, uh, Daily Faceoff who was having a conversation with Bill Daly as part of the uh, NHL media tour I believe they met in in Chicago uh, and and Daly was saying that he projects that 98 um, percent of, of uh, all, all players in the league will be fully vaccinated but uh, then there was this this issue that um, saying that that the feedback that the NHL has received from uh, uh, NHL GMs, uh, they really uh, are concerned about having uh, another goaltender available. 
um, particularly if if uh, if COVID is an issue, and we and we should acknowledge that that uh, you know the vaccine compliance doesn't necessarily mean immunity. That we've seen plenty of breakthrough cases, so this is still something that's that's on their mind. Um, and Daly said that that this is something that we're studying. This is something that we're going to look to address, um, and that the plan was to see uh, how the GMs feel. Let the training camp start. Uh, see what happens. See if there's injuries. See if there's illness, um, and uh, that they're going to be uh, rather nimble in 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 um, in responding to to this request. Uh, once training camps get going, that they may add a uh, taxi squad spot for a third goaltender. Well, and we we're seeing uh, Ottawa has reported that they've got six goaltenders at their training camp. The Rangers have seven. Seven, yeah. Um, the Flyers have five. Patrick, what what you know? We we know that AHL rosters were absolutely affected by the taxi squad scenario last season with most of most top top players in NHL lineups not being available because they were hanging out in the NHL taxi squad what do, what would something like this what kind of effect would this have on AHL teams if if a if a goaltender had to be set aside for the NHL team's taxi squad, well, you're at that point you're lopping off uh, pretty much um, 31 uh, of the top goalies in the league, and you know generally one across each team. Now some teams could be in a tough spot um, if they didn't sign a veteran number three type. Uh, you know, so at that point, I'm not sure what you do. Yeah, what I find interesting is that there's still a number of goalies on the free agent market. Um, you know, I just I think of Zane McIntyre, who was with uh, Lehigh Valley last season. John Gillies, uh, I mean, once a really kind of a big time prospect. Uh, he was in Utica last year. Uh, Evan Cormier, Andrew D'Agostini, uh, Artem uh, Zagadulin. So there's some some real talent, uh, you know, still available. So that's where the whole thing for me it's it's a little strange because you would think if if you're if you know that this this rule is coming down the road, that you would want to get another goalie in the fold as soon as possible, uh, just so that you know you're covered both at that taxi squad level and also at the American League level. So, um, so there's a little bit of a strange discrepancy there. I think the second issue is. I would be interested to kind of get a, a real truthful. Um, opinion from a lot of those goalies that would have to go to the taxi squad yeah. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of them had to be in that role last year and yep. essentially you didn't play a full season and now you're going to kind of sit on the sidelines again uh you know for another season yep. sure you're in the nhl and sure you're, you're living that lifestyle and you're, you're making the good money but it's not great for your long-term uh, career um, prospects if you really think about it i mean if you go two seasons without really playing any sort of meaningful game action, where does that leave you maybe next year when the taxi squad goes away and you don't have anything to show on your resume for the last two seasons? So, I mean, that would be one of the issues I would I would be kind of thinking about as, as a, say, a, a veteran-type goalie where, I, you know, I have to look out also for my career and I have to think – you know, if I'm maybe looking to go to Europe in the future or if I'm looking to, to 
find another job somewhere else in the summer of 2022, uh, where does this leave me? Uh, so, you know, where does that leave your game? I mean, if you, if you don't play meaningful game action since March 2020, you can kind of see where that problem could arise, you know, in terms of your, your on-ice ability at that point. So uh, you can practice all you want. We hear this all the time. Uh, players will say, you know, there's no comparison for game action. And uh, certainly that's true for goalies. Uh, so that that's one of the things that I find strange about this whole uh, proposed plan. And that's a really good point. And um, I think we've we've heard from from uh, goalies who still have ambitions, um, who uh, talk about the lack of game action, but talk about how they 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 experience the being the the uh, taxi squad goaltender, and it affected their psyche. Uh, the phrase was, "I didn't have a net." Uh, even in practice, there was the there was you know the 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 number one goaltender. There was the backup that each had a net in practice. I didn't have a net. I didn't have my own net, and that that affects them. Um, and and there would have to. I think if this goes forward, that uh, teams would have to give that that consideration to how they can better integrate the the taxi squad goaltender. I think that. Uh I think both of you are right on with that. You know, we know that there were some serious concerns from goaltenders and some frustrations that, you know, it's 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 hard enough to stay in game condition physically, but there's the the mental aspect of it as well. And if if any of those guys that were in that situation last year ended up being put in a position where an organization was asking them to repeat that again this year, that's a really tall ask, I think, um, to to be asking a goaltender to give up to, like Patrick and, and and you, Rick, were both saying, give up that playing time, but also put yourself through the mental and physical challenge of of being a taxi squad goaltender. Um, it's it's as as Rick you said, you know, certainly GMs or or coaches and whatnot uh, maybe liked the convenience of having a third goaltender around, and maybe that makes sense. Um, for the NHL and the NHLPA to look at uh, it going down the road. But is a taxi squad really the way to do it? I don't know. Um, I don't know that that's best for the players involved. Um, I think we can definitively say, though, however, that um, as much as, as the season is hopefully, fingers crossed, going to get kicked off in a normal fashion, I think there's still a lot of things that are up in the air regarding a lot of things, much less the lineups as we've been talking today. Patrick, is 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 it's still kind of all quiet on the AHL front? Not a lot of movement yet that excuse me, yet there in terms of, of making uh announcements in advance of the season and and things of that nature? Very quiet. Um, you know, it's almost like kind of everybody's waiting for somebody else to make the first move. Um, and that really applies whether you're talking about uh, announcing protocols for, for fan attendance or, um, you know, certainly in terms of uh, there's still some free agents out there. I mean, I'm surprised when I look at some of the players still out there, Joe Blandese, um Cam Schilling, uh, Nate Prosser, uh, some, some real established players at this level. There's a little bit of a flurry of activity the past week, uh, getting some of those players, um, at least to camps on uh, – 
on on PTOs. But um, yeah, uh, this is always a little bit of a strange time of the year for the AHL because um, it's one of those leagues where you can't really plan until the last minute anyway, mm-hmm. uh, just because so much of it is out of your hands, and um, and that's even more so this year uh, because um, you know, like you know, with this third goalie uh, situation, you can't even really completely plan what your goaltending pitcher is going to look like at the American League level. You know, if you're if you're a head coach of a team, and yeah, I mean, obviously you can imagine uh, where that. You know where that could be a headache, but um, yeah, we're in this kind of this strange um, holding pattern. Now we've been in kind of that, that that holding pattern really, you know, for the better part of six plus weeks at this point. And I think what happened uh, with a lot of that was things were cruising along um, relatively well in the hockey world. I think t- up until about mid to late July when uh, there was that real spike of cases again in the States. And I think that kind of scared everybody and it made everybody a little bit skittish. And it happened to happen right at the start of free agency. So if you were a player, that certainly wasn't very good timing. Uh, but, but really just, you know, not even just the, the roster moves. It was just kind of right across the entire industry. It really, I think, put a little bit of a damper on things. And, and I think gave people uh, second pause and you know everybody's already a little skittish uh, you know after you know the last 18 months and now you know to sort of see uh, this fourth wave emerging I think has uh, kind of just been a, a situation of here we go again and um, you know nobody really wanting to commit too much uh, you know too early really to any course of action, whether you're talking about on or off the ice. Well, we appreciate that you have uh, the ultimate finger on the pulse of everything happening in the American League. And so uh, very excited that you'll be joining us, of course, every other week here on the Press Zone uh, for the AHL Hot Stove. And, And the three of us can really take a deep dive on the trending topics around the AHL that are affecting the league and that, and that fans want to know about. Um, and you'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be starting to see some written words from you coming up soon at the AHL report. Isn't that right? Yes. Uh, starting next week, uh, I'll be doing <laughs> a, uh, every other week, uh, column and kind of a little bit of a free flowing. Um, here's what I'm hearing. Here's, uh, uh, what people are telling me here's uh, kind of what's on my mind, you know, around the league, uh, you know, different uh, kind of just uh, issues and kind of a little bit more of a uh, loose read. And I'm really excited to have that opportunity uh, to try that and uh, put some of that stuff out there to the public. I think it's going to be a, a tremendous read uh, starting next Wednesday. Patrick's column will come out every other Wednesday. It's going to it's going to be called Under Review. Uh, and uh, you can check that out on ahlreport.com next Wednesday for his debut article. We're very much looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a must-read for me, and, <laughs> and it should be for all of our listeners as well. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, uh, thanks so much for joining us again today. Uh, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on how all this unfolds, and uh, we appreciate your insight as always. Thank you, as always. Uh, you know, and Stay tuned. I think we're in for even more of a bumpy ride than we've already been in for, uh, you know, for, for the better part now of a year and a half. If there's one thing for certain, Rick, I think I, it seems to be the common theme that we've been saying uh, for a long time now. And, and Patrick's been saying it w- right along with us is that uh, 
even though we want things to be normal this year, I, I don't know that it's going to be. And and each week that goes by, I think, is going to continue to bring us new surprises. Yeah, we want normal. We want normal for our everyday lives, and and we certainly want it for hockey. And uh, but there there are going to be um, some twists and turns as we go through this season. So uh, once again, thank you to Patrick Williams for joining us for this bi-weekly AHL Hot Stove segment. Uh, you will be seeing some written words from Patrick coming very soon to the AHLReport.com pages. He's going to have his first feature article out coming soon, so be sure you're following along. Again, you can follow him at P. Williams AHL, and of course, follow the AHL Report at the AHL Report. And if you would like to also join uh, Patrick in joining the Rocket Sports Media team this season, Rick, it's not too late for people to reach out and, and apply. Join our team. Uh, there's a tab on uh, AHL.report, uh, AHLReport.com. There's also um, for our Canadians fans on uh, allhabs.net. Um, we're looking. We're looking for uh, uh, folks who have an interest in hockey, who uh, want a platform for their views, or um, we're also looking for those who are wanting to get into uh, uh, the sports uh, reporting business, journalism, communications. Uh, we can uh, help you out there as well. We certainly can. We'd love to hear from you. We've we've in, uh, we've welcomed four new faces to the Rocket Sports Media team uh, this fall already, and we'd love to add you to that roster as well. So reach out. Okay, it's time. What time is that? <laughs> I am staring down a dish of ice cream that looks unnatural. Now, why did Patrick run out of the studio? <laughs> I don't, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Uh, so I first I have to say, um, okay, um, we mentioned this, this at the top of the show. Flyers, maybe this ought to be like the official Flyers ice cream because the they got the Kraft mac and cheese orange color bang on. Oh, really? I mean, this ice cream looks like basically they just froze some Kraft mac and cheese cheese. <laughs> um, it look, I mean, it. I don't know. It's it's got a very nice orange tone to it. Uh, so this is a Van Leeuwen brand is a is a gourmet French ice cream, ice creamery. I think they they have shops around, but you can order online. And I I believe they were started out of New York. I don't know that for sure. But they they're they come out with these limited edition flavors. Um, I have to say the bourbon cherries jubilee delicious <laughs> now mike rashel and i were looking at that looking at the picture of it online and and uh yeah admiring it bourbon from afar yes bourbon cherries jubilee delicious so i have high hopes uh van lewin and Kraft teamed up for this limited edition Kraft mac and cheese flavored ice cream i don't like this is gonna be so i have my dish here mm -hmm. i think it's like Ice cream doesn't really have a scent, but if you if you had to smell it, like I think it smells like cheese, which is well, weird. Okay, I don't know. Oh, I'm so scared. Does Kraft Dinner smell like cheese? Okay, well, I so uh, maybe it doesn't smell like cheese. It just smell it smells like Kraft Dinner. Okay, which is I, my brain is confused because I'm looking at ice cream. Oh yeah, now okay. So now that I just kind of cut into it with my spoon a little bit, yeah. My brain is looking at ice cream and it's smelling craft dinner. Okay. And it's very confused. So here we go. Okay. Pray for me all. 
am I supposed to cover this part? Because I'm not, I'm, you know. I'm in Pennsylvania, so. Right. And this, uh, apparently, as far as we know, is not available in Canada or to be shipped to Canada. Oh, my God. That's actually good. What? Stop it. Shut up. This is actually good. It can't be. Holy crap. Van Leeuwen, how did you do this? Craft. We have to have one of them on. We have to have a spokesperson on the show. I, my brain is so confused. It's okay. So when you first take a bite. It's cold and sweet and a little bit salty. Kind of like when you have salted caramel ice cream. Okay. And it's not until after you swallow that the the KD taste comes in as the aftertaste. And then you you it doesn't taste like cheese. It's just, you know, that aftertaste in your mouth when you're eating Kraft mac and cheese. So this is like when you have a little bit left over, you put it in the fridge and you're so hungry the next day, you don't have time to put it in the microwave. You just take a scoop out. Kind of. Well, and it's buttery. It's and, okay. And it's buttery. Kind of like you can taste the butter in butter pecan ice cream. So you can taste like the butter in the KD. Hmm. I'm actually sold. Like, that's hilarious. Now, if we have the spokespersons on... Um, you'll have to have, yeah, well, I, I doubt this is going to last till then, but no. ideally it would be, <laughs> it would be great to have, you know, a bowl of Katie, a bowl of this ice cream and you testing both at the same time. That would be a good idea. I, I'm too busy eating this right now. Sorry. Yeah. This is delicious. Sorry to bother you that we have a show here to, <laughs> to finish. Uh, sorry to interrupt your ice cream. Oh my eating. goodness. Okay. Well. If you are a fan who is listening in the U.S., um, go to the Van Loan website. See if you can see if you can either go to the, one of the shops. Or it's a, if you manage to get your hands on a pint of this, don't be afraid of it. I am pleasantly shocked and surprised. Uh, this is delicious. Um, it is the probably one of the weirdest things I've ever eaten, um, but it is delicious. So maybe this should be a new thing on this show. If you'd like, if you have weird snacks, <laughs> I will, I will eat them. I will try them on the show. So she promised. Uh, tell us now. I'm not talking gross snacks. It's not. Don't don't say. Well, you uh, chocolate covered crickets. No, n- but if you've got weird snacks that you think I should try, bring it on. Let me know. Because uh, if I can, if I can say that Kraft mac and cheese dinner flavored ice cream is delicious then um that's pretty high bar to set there was a lot of uh interest uh, from the twitterverse Uh, certainly Mm -hmm. our twitter friends Mm -hmm. uh have been chiming in and asking when the test was going to happen and good luck with the test i know yeah all right well there you have it i love it i love it (laughs) and i love that this was a very fun episode it was full of information we had lots of great audio from our rookie camps we had patrick williams on the show and uh i got to taste some pretty fun ice cream so uh if you love this show be sure you hit the subscribe button tell your friends share this episode on social media and rick uh we're diving into training camps so we'll have a great show for them again next week for sure Thanks so much for listening to The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report. And as always, have a great week. We'll see you again next Tuesday for another episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.